0: Good morning, my friends. Uh, This is Mornings in the Spirit with Pastor Douglas Shove. And I'm not coming on every day. Uh, Life seems to have uh, taken some very hectic turns for, uh, for me. And I believe it's probably taken some hectic turns for many of you. My family in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, has been exposed. Many of them have been exposed to COVID-19. And I've been talking with my brothers and nieces and mother and trying to help from afar as much as I can. But one of the things I've noticed is that life is fragile, right? Life is not as I thought when I was 20. Life is not uh, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. We all have our fragilities and our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities, and... These last few podcasts, and today have been on dealing with these vulnerabilities, and I've been going over psalm seventy one and I would challenge each of you i would I would encourage to the nth degree each of you to read psalm seventy one sit alone with the song and the Holy Spirit and your experiences and in the midst of vulnerability allow God to fill you with hope and purpose and faith both in God's ability to rescue and deliver And in God's desire to rescue and to deliver you, to guard you, to be a fortress, a refuge for you. So I've talked about the vulnerabilities of being an infant, even even prior to being born. I've talked to you about the vulnerabilities of being in kind of a warfare with enemies. And of course, our our warfare is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers in the high places, as Paul said. Sometimes we get so mixed up, we think our enemies are of the flesh, we treat our brothers and sisters as enemies, or we treat those who would disagree with us as enemies. We're all in this together, and our primary enemy is the spiritual enemy, Satan and his minions. So I've talked about our vulnerabilities in these regards and how God works with that, but today I want to I want to talk about a vulnerability that is near and dear to my heart. And that's the vulnerability of old age. Oh, my goodness. Uh, It hit me when I was listening to a news broadcast. And the newscaster was talking about uh, an elderly man in his 70s that was attacked outside of his home. And I said, Oh, man, i tell you what, they're beating up on old people. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm an old people. I'm in my 70s. (laughs) What a shock, huh? And when the medical people concerning this coronavirus, this COVID-19, were talking about those in the most vulnerable positions, uh, it never really hit me that I was, I was one of those in the high-risk categories, and we were talking about it at church, and uh, of course, we're, we're like most churches, trying to figure out what the right thing to do here is, as far as you know, doing things online versus doing things worshiping in person you know, face to face gatherings. And everybody was saying, Well, now now Pastor, I think that if uh if you're vulnerable, all right, if you're in the vulnerable area, you ought to just stay home. And and you know, talking about them, them, the 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 other people. And I said, Yeah, I, I think that's one way to do it is if somebody is in the high-risk group, just tell them to stay home. And then I started uh, laughing. Well, not, not a ha-ha laugh, but kind of an ironic laugh. And I said, you know what? Your pastor, me, I'm in the high-risk group. I, I actually am a senior citizen. You know, I I think of senior citizens as people in their late 80s and 90s, (laughs) like my mother. She's a senior citizen. She just turned 94. Well, she is a senior citizen, but she has pretty bluntly, with a great deal of love, informed me that as her oldest son, I too have joined the ranks of senior citizens. And so when the CDC and other health organizations are saying to those uh, in the high-risk group, stay home. Uh, Well, I'm in the high-risk group. I am uh, 72, and I have had, uh, years ago, but still, I've had a heart attack. And I have diabetes, type two diabetes. And so I've been wrestling with this for about a month now, two months actually, about being in worship with with the body, now a gathered body. And finally, I you know, I announced last Sunday, I said, listen, I'm in the high risk group. I will be preaching the sermon from my home office beginning this Sunday until these things have passed, until this virus is under control and we have uh, defeated it. And, you know, I, it, it took a long time to come to that decision, but in coming to that decision, and this is the point here. Now, if you're young and vital And, you know, healthy and, you know, you don't have a care in the world and all that kind of stuff. uh, Well, you know, this probably won't have any effect on you. It won't have any meaning to you at all, except if you have uh, the kind of mind that can transport you into old age, into what it might be or unless you have parents or grandparents that are older. But I want to speak about this vulnerability of old age in a way that gives us hope. Okay, so in Psalm 71, I love this, Psalm 71, verses 9 through 12. Do not cast me away when I am old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. Uh, you talk about vulnerability. That's that's vulnerability. Uh, <laughs> one of one of my uh, one of my daughters has uh, kidded with me often, and uh, she got my grandson to call me the old geezer, and you know she. She often kids me uh, about uh, uh, Shady Pines. <laughs> Shady Pines. yeah, uh, It's a nursing home, of course. And she says, well, I think you're just about ready for Shady Pines, Doug. And I said, I'm not ready for Shady Pines yet. She said, well, you know, your short-term memory is going a little bit. And I'm looking for dementia. And if I see dementia, you know, you don't think I'm going to take care of you, do you? I'm going to send you right to Shady Pines. And I, I must tell you, it's it's quite comical, and it's quite a laugh. But yet, in my talking to older folks, and I'm talking about people my age and older, one of their fears. Is being cast away when they are old, like, well, being put out to pasture. Yeah, you're not good for anything except to be put out to pasture. And somebody would say to me, "Well, well, Doug, you're, it's about retirement age for you, isn't it?" And I said, "Oh my, it's it's long past retirement age for me, but I just can't see me doing it because there's just too much to do, and I don't want to be cast." away when I am old I don't think any of you want to be cast away when you're old and sometimes when we sit especially when we have a lot of time on our hands as in this kind of a a pandemic when we are to be uh, you know kind of isolated and stay at home sometimes we have that kind of time on our hands We can begin to ruminate about uh, not being worth much anymore because we are old. But listen, no matter how much the world might think that they are discardable, that they are throwawayable as they get old, God has taught us, that we are not, in fact, to be cast away. The psalmist said, do not cast me away when I am old. And of course, God will not. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. God will not. When our strength is gone and we are vulnerable, God is the strongest with us. Yes, yes, he is. Oh, man, I tell you, it's, it's good to think these thoughts like that. For my enemies, the psalmist said, my enemies speak against me. Those who wait to kill me conspire together. They say, God has forsaken him. Pursue him and seize him, for no one will rescue him. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly, God, to help me. And God will come quickly to help us from whatever enemy it is that pursues us whether that enemy is disease whether that enemy is depression whether that enemy is anxiety whether that enemy is testing of our faith and where we think our faith is almost gone no no God has not forsaken us no matter who would teach us that God has forsaken us He has not forsaken us. There is hope for us, for God will surely come and uh, and help us. Well, going on in uh, Psalm 71, I'm going to read down uh, around verse 19. Your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You have done great things who is like you god you see when we are in trouble when we are tried when we think that we are discardable and throwawayable and we wonder what value we have in in this world we need to look at the righteousness of god and how vast it is it goes even to the heavens and we In our meditation, instead of ruminating on all the negative stuff in our lives, there's a lot of it, but instead of ruminating on all of that, we ruminate on you who have done great things, who is like you, God. We allow God's spirit to flow within us. We shut our mouths. How's that? Yeah, that's hard for an old preacher is to shut his mouth. But we shut our mouths and we stop trying to reason with God so much as we listen to God. And we see how his righteousness has not forsaken us. We see how he has done great things in our lives. It is an opportunity for us to look at the things that we have often not looked at or that we have taken for granted and to see who is like you, God. There is no one like you. And then the psalmist's thoughts go to some of his negatives in life and I, I want to read this it says in verse 20 though you have made me see troubles many and bitter have there been troubles in your life have sometimes they've been many and bitter sometimes It is good, oddly enough, it is good for us to remember the troubles in our lives. What we've seen that would tend to bring bitterness to our hearts because these things are in fact bitter. Why is it good for us to see these things and remember? Because of what the psalmist says next you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. Our strength in our faith, our love for God and our knowledge of his love for us is strengthened, is refined in the fire's of trouble of struggle because with each struggle we see where God has indeed resurrected us has indeed restored us many are these times in our lives and folks in the midst of this pandemic where People are legitimately afraid, scared, sometimes unreasonably so because of the dangers. We need to take heart because God has restored our lives many times. God has brought us from the depths of the earth and we will again, and will again, bring us up, so, these things create experience for us, and we give ourselves over to them, right, so, only old people can do this, (laughs) because sometimes young people, oh man, the things that they think of in life that are unfair, we're going, Man alive! What whiners? <laughs> yeah, you just wait. You haven't you haven't seen anything yet. But when we get older, we've seen some pretty tough things. Oh yeah. Oh, there may be other tough things in our lives coming up, and in and in fact, as we get to the end of our days, uh, who knows what we will see at those times? But the hope that God has resurrected us already and has restored our lives already. And as David said, you restore my soul. This gives us hope. Okay, one last thing in this uh, idea of the vulnerability of old age. Hmm. Well, in uh, 71, 18, Okay, this is a, a precious verse, and I close with this. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God. Now, we already know that even when my mother and father forsake me, as God has said, it's the psalmist has said, you will not forsake me. God will not forsake me. No matter what, there is nothing in heaven. There is nothing in earth. There is no power at all that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. David says, teach us to number our days, O Lord, so that we might apply our hearts toward wisdom. The troubles of 2020, if they have done anything positive for me, they have taught me to number my days. They have taught me that I am not uh, fleshly in the flesh, eternal But that my flesh indeed someday will will rest in the grave in the hopes of being resurrected, of course. But until then, old age, when I am old and gray, wait a minute. I looked in the mirror this morning and I said, where did that old man come from? I used to grow a beard and the beard was red, you know red. Now, uh, well, it's kind of a grayish red. Well, maybe it's kind of a gray. Uh, Well, maybe I need to shave the thing off. Anyway, when I'm old and gray, I am not put out to pasture, and you are not put out to pasture, my friend. When you are old and gray, your purpose in life one of the major purposes in your life is to pass on the mighty deeds of God to the next generation. Don't be some needy person. Be the wise person that through whatever you have gone through and God has delivered you from it all, Teach the younger generation, whether, whether they want taught or not. Whether they say, oh, old man, I know that. I've known that for years. You know, when did you finally learn it? Even if they say that kind of stuff, don't worry about it. Just teach. Just teach. And teach everybody that will be open to that instruction You have not gained old age to sit on a couch. You have gained old age to teach. The more passionate you are about teaching, the more committed you are to learning, the more committed you are to uh, teaching, the better your life will be. The less depression you will have, the less anxiety you will have, the less fear you will have. And when the end of your days comes, you will know, you will know, not guess, but know that your legacy will live many generations from your death because of who you have taught and because what you have taught may god bless you whether you are old and gray or or young and brown does not matter okay whether your hair has fallen out or it's scraggly it doesn't matter what matters is that you have a purpose And that purpose is to pass on the mighty deeds of God. Amen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless you.